With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Saturn into Scorpio 
will be involving the kind of communication that we have in Scorpio, which is about intimacy and sexuality and transition and loss and combined resources and this kind of thing, because Scorpio is about jointly experienced emotional uh, events. So that's why it's about sex and, and even death as a part of Scorpio, because I think when we're intimately connected with people and, and you know, there's there's also the idea that, that one person's passing is experienced by them both, because there's a connection between people who are um, deeply bound in an intimate way. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be conversations about death, um, it's more about the conversations about the emotional experience, the conversation about being bound together, being connected, you know, bound, not, I'm not a believer in the ball and chain. I believe, you know, when we, when we decide to be in any kind of a commitment with anybody that we're in it of our own free will and that we don't sign that away when we agree to be in the commitment, the commitment is something that we agree to do if we choose, if we chose to say, you know, I don't think that this commitment's working out for me anymore. Okay, that's what that that's what that's about. But part of the commitment is saying I'm going to try my best, right? I'm going to do my damnedest to be committed to this through the thick and thin. I'm not going to give it up easy, but I don't think it says I'm never and would I ever get to give it up under any circumstances because we can't really know that and things change. That's a part of Scorpio and that's a part of the communication that we have with each other that's possible beginning, you know, now, but strongly coming in as an energy globally beginning tomorrow. So uh, the moon's in Gemini. It's quite nice because Jupiter's in Gemini, so there's more conversation, more conversation possible uh, between people. Venus in Virgo, keeping it practical, keeping it to a place where how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I assist you? What is it that you need for me to do? So if Venus at a low degree of Virgo, uh, it actually is a little bit in opposition to Neptune. We haven't talked about Neptune too much lately because it's in the low degrees of Pisces. But Venus in opposition to Neptune could be quite lovely, and especially in the Virgo Neptune and the Virgo Pisces axis, it could definitely be about again, how can I serve you physically, emotionally? Do you need for me to help you do something around the house? Do you need for me to just sit with you for a little while over a cup of coffee and listen to you uh, talk about what's going on for yourself? That those those that there's a level there of emotional service that we offer to each other, that's Piscean, and physical, tangible, how can I just physically help you out, what is it that, that might you know, make your day a little easier, that's Virgo, and Venus is in Virgo, so the loving way in which we can help people right now is to see what might make them more, might make, make their life a little bit easier, what might make it a little more efficient, you know, maybe you can pick up some slack for somebody that you love or care about. Uh, Moon in Gemini, again, Jupiter in Gemini is helping to keep that process verbal. Hopefully it's keeping it also a little bit light and a little bit funny. Scorpio energy can be kind of heavy um, because, you know, some things in, in intimacy are um, are deep. And um, when uh, we get around to having conversations about things that are important, sometimes they can get a little heavy. Hopefully the Gemini energy keeps it a little lighter keeps it a little more funny, keeps it a little more interesting, and can keep it from getting too oppressive. Uh, Mars, still hanging out there in late Scorpio. I uh, believe it's going to be there for another few days. It's not going to be until after the weekend that it's going to go into Sagittarius. So big deal tonight because tonight is the eve of the sign change of one of the outer planets. We don't see that all the time, and we haven't seen Saturn change signs for two years. So we're going to be welcoming in a new kind of energy, a Scorpio kind of energy, where the, the relationships that we've made, the relationships that we have, are going to be put to the test. What is the agreement that we've made with each other, both as individuals and as, let's say, countries, uh, you can see this playing out in, say, United States-European relationships, United States-Pakistan, uh, United States-Iran, 
Israel, um, and I'm sure from the point of view of other countries, countries like, you know, China and Japan, uh, who have had a little, you know, rough spot, or right now Turkey and Syria are having a rough spot. So whatever our agreements have been, our the Libra agreements and Saturn that we've been making with each other individually, right, with our loved ones, uh, you know, me and my spouse, you and your spouse, or somebody that's important to you. Um, and globally, as far as countries and leaders go, those relationships are about to, about to take on an even uh, deeper, more serious tone as the agreements that we have with each other are put to the test. And that's your Global Energy Minute. So tonight we're going to be... Um, talking about um, compatibility and how, how astrology connects to compatibility. I get an opportunity here, I guess, to mention the book that I wrote um, two years ago called Elemental Love Styles, Find Compatibility and Create a Lasting Relationship. It's, it was published uh, with Simon & Schuster, something that I'm uh, quite proud of, but I don't mention on this show often. Uh, but I think anyone who's interested in looking at a deeper level of uh, of compatibility and looking at it from an elemental perspective, I'm going to talk a little bit about that tonight. I think it's important to uh, look at uh, the elements and take a look at elemental love styles. That you can find that on Amazon. So um, let's see. Compatibility is a huge question in in astrology. People ask me all the time, you know, well, what signs are the best for me? And we know if you're a follower of the show and if you know anything about astrology, that charts themselves are very rich. They're very full. They're they're very they're like, for lack of a better word, complex. But I don't like to say complex and scare anybody off because. You know, the complexity of the chart is only, um, you know, based on what you do and don't understand about it. It's a, it's a very full, like I say, very rich art, science, and study. And uh, the more you study it, the more you get an idea that it, it, it becomes more straightforward as time goes by. So the reason that I bring that up is because people ask, you know, okay, I'm an Aries, what's good with that? Or, you know, I'm a Gemini, what's good with Gemini? Or do you see problems here? Do you see compatibility problems? And I do want to get into some details from, you know, uh, the point of view of an astrologer and, and also my listeners who, who are really uh, into astrology. But I also want to be able to give you a more basic idea of what the answer to that question is. And the reason that I presented things in an elemental way was so that you didn't have to know your whole chart. You didn't have to feel out your entire chart or go to a computer or go to an astrologer to be able to get a general idea of what your elemental type is. Now, without getting into too much detail, there's three fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, there's three air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. There's three water signs, um, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And there's three earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And those signs are grouped together because they have a common theme between them. The fire signs are creative and enthusiastic. They're the ones that have the passion. And the air signs are mental and intellectual. They're the thinkers, but they also it also rules humor and uh, socializing, these kinds of things. So it's not just like you know thinking like like a, a, a booky person. It can it can be somebody who just talks and tells a lot of jokes or makes people laugh. That can be an air kind of person. Water people are the people who are good listeners. They always want to fix things for you. They're imaginative. They're they they are they they have a vision vivid imagination. They're very intuitive, very insightful, very good in giving people answers and helping people figure things out. They're emotional. Those are the water signs. And the earth signs are very practical. They're the ones that actually, you know, get the bottom line and get the job done. And if there's a task to do, so they're dependable, reliable, and grounded. All three of them. So whether you're a Taurus, a Virgo, or a Capricorn, there's this theme of 
being able to work with the material plane, being being a sort of responsible, practical, uh, grounded person. Those things fit with those signs elementally. And a lot of times when we look at ourselves and we say, oh, okay, I'm a Scorpio or I'm a Virgo, and I do fit into that. I am like an earthy person. And sometimes we say, well, I'm a, I'm a Virgo, but it, it doesn't read anything like it. No matter even if I read specifically about Virgo, I don't really feel like that. And that's because the chart, again, has more complexity to it than just your sun sign. There's more to the chart than just where the sun was when you were born. But how can you figure out something about yourself and the compatibility you might have or need without having to know your entire chart? Go to, you know, go to a website, go to an astrologer, because that seems complicated, and unless you're really interested in you know, deepening your knowledge in that way, maybe there's a more simple way to figure that out. And I think that there is. I think that by, you know, I guess self-evaluation, most people can figure it out just by hearing the types and just by figuring out like, oh, well, that's me. That sounds like me. And sometimes we feel like more than one, but we we know that if we really listen and we say like fire people are the center of attention they want to be the center of attention they're they're they always have um some idea that they want to enact they're very visionary they don't really like being second fiddle to anybody they like taking charge they can be very demanding sometimes perhaps even a little overwhelming they um they like being the center of attention but they're, they can be competitive and at the same time they're very active and very, you know, push themselves out in the front. Doesn't matter whether you're an Aries, a Leo, or a Sagittarius. If you know that you're that way, then you have some fire in your chart. Maybe it's your rising sign, maybe it's your moon, maybe it's just that you have a lot of planets placed in the first house, but all of that is the technical part of astrology that you specifically as you know a listener or somebody who's more curious about yourself that's a part of why we listen to a show like the inside connection is because we have an opportunity to get to know ourselves better and that when we're self-reflective in that way and we say yeah i am that kind of the more you know boisterous and take charge person i'm very warm and friendly people like to hang out around me i can be the life of the party because I tell a big story or something like that, and I like to tell a big story, maybe I'm a little bit of an exaggerator. That's a fire type. Air type people are great multitaskers. They're great socializers. They're really good with words. They love to read. They love being in relationships. They love hanging out with their friends. They can text and and dial and email and read the blogs all at the same time because their minds are very active and they're uh, you know very on the go. There's something about an Aristotle person that's a little uh, almost like infectious because they've got so much buzz about them. You know, they heard this, they read this, they knew this. This is, you know, there's a lot of energy and activity around them. But it's very about information and informed and funny and they like words and they like making people laugh and they love to socialize and get together. Aristotle people are in the mind. You know, that's where that's where air comes from when we're talking about human personality so if you're that person and you know you love to read and you know you know you you maybe sometimes can be dismissive or sometimes have been called insensitive because air is not known for its depth of emotions it's known for its ability to see the truth and make a good judgment call and be even keeled and have friendships and uh, tell a good joke and keep things light and easy if you know you're that person then you know that you're an hairstyle person and again it's that self-reflection that matters so you know guys we do have a call-in show and the number is 213-943-3395 so welcome anyone to call in and you'll be there on switchboard and i'm happy to do a reading with you tonight i went to go to twitter tonight and i got the big twitter is overloaded message so i couldn't tweet about tonight's show which is fine that's fine, but it was one of those nights where I was like, oh. So 
So that's good. We got we have a good show, and um, uh, if anyone wants to get a reading, talk about compatibility, find out a little bit about their love life, please give a call to the show. Don't be afraid. It's two one three nine four three 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 nine five. That number should be there on your blog talk screen if you're listening live. So the water style people are the imaginative, artistic, empathic, empathy, compassion, nurturing, care. They're very attractive to people because they can see what we're about and everyone wants to be seen and everyone wants to be known and everyone wants to be understood. And it's the water element, that emotional element that helps us to, you know, helps us to understand each other. So if we meet someone who's watery, they have a a clue about what's going on with us sometimes when we don't even have to speak. And I think that, um, you know, that's very powerful because, you know, it's almost like, well, gee, how'd you know that about me? And it's just because I'm sensitive. It's just because I have an artistic feeling and I'm, I'm, I'm a sensing person. I get a sense of what it is. So, you know, water style people are awesome because they tell great stories and they have active imaginations. If you ever need a shoulder to cry on, you want to cry on the shoulder of a water person. And earth is a really reliable, practical, get the job done. So earth style people are the ones that really can um, take care of things. You know, they're not... They're not flaky, they're not bothered, they don't postpone like other, you know, maybe fire and air might be a little more likely to say like, oh yeah, the car, I hear that rattle, but never with a, whenever, with a, never with a earth sign would they postpone that, or an earth style person. So you know when you're practical, I mean, I can remember when I was writing the book and I went into um, to sit down, make a deposit at the bank at one point, and the banker was asking me about the book, and I said, you know, all people have all four elements. Everyone is passionate and has a mind and has some feelings and can get the job done. And and he said, no, no, I totally get it. I'm definitely the earth style guy because I'm the bottom line guy and I really want to deal with that. And I'm always being accused of being too linear and too too narrow-minded. And I'm like, right, that's more the shadow side of earth is that they need so much structure that they can get caught up in those rules. But yet not Nothing would get accomplished if we didn't have Earth-style elemental people. And the reason that I'm bringing up the conversation about compatibility in relationship to the elements and why it's so important to me as an astrologer and in the work that I do in my private practice is that there's a fundamental, really basic understanding of ourselves if we begin with the elements. If we can say, oh, I'm the fire style person, so I need to recognize that for compatibility, I need someone who really, really appreciates me, who just thinks I'm number one. Because if I'm not being praised or paid attention to, that really blows me out. And I don't feel like I can actually be with someone that can't give me that. So maybe you guys are hearing it now. Compatibility is about being able to be with somebody that you can give to them what it is that they need and be with somebody who can give you what it is that you need. So the air style person needs space. They need space to be able to think and be free to think. They can't have any ball and chain people. They can't have anyone that's too possessive or too narrow-minded because that would drag them down. They need to be able to call you at the last minute and be, oh, my God, my friends, they want to go out. Can I do it? Yeah, sure. What are you going to do? You know, they're, they're willing to negotiate with you, but they need to know that they have freedom. Very important. So if you're an air style person, then that's what you require. One of your basic fundamental needs is freedom. And the water style person needs validation. The worst thing you can say to a water style person is, you're crazy, you're acting crazy. They're not crazy, they're just emotional. So the idea that we look at the water style person and we're like, no, I get it. You're feeling uptight, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling like, you know, overwhelmed, that's making you feel depressed, that's making you feel this or that. 
the flip side, the positive side, is that that person's always offering you a shoulder to cry on. They're always providing art and creativity in your home and in your environment. They're always willing to try something new. They love life to experience it at a really fundamental emotional level. But water needs validation. They need someone to say, don't worry, I get it, you feel sad, you feel happy, you feel a little off the wall right now, it's not a problem, it's good, it's normal, it's you. And earth-style people need dependability. There's nothing worse than somebody that shows up late for an earth-style person, they can't handle that, that is not where they're coming from, that drives them crazy or doesn't balance their checkbook or is wasteful with money or wasteful with their time because earth is not like that. Earth recognizes the fundamental importance of building things and structure, and in a really high-minded way, Earth energy actually really rules wisdom, because wisdom is something that we gain from the experience of having had practical experiences and the storing of that energy so that we don't repeat ourselves over and over again in some doomed loop is the energy of Earth. Earth is the energy that retains it. So I hope you're seeing that compatibility begins by recognizing if someone can give you what it is that you need and also if you can give them what they need. Area code 818, you're on the inside connection. Hi, Dr. Craig. It's Tamara. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Great. I was what? hoping to get a mini reading. Um, yeah, let me open up my software. Sure. Okay. Um still have Pluto conjuncting your moon, which mm-hmm. could be some issues with your mother. Moon rules the mother. So if that relationship has been a little tense at all, that could be a part of that. It's actually um, been good. Actually, it's been good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Moon, yeah. Moon, yeah, those planets, are, those planets are like Uranus is actually also square your moon. And yeah. um, it's the ruler of your fourth house. Have you moved? Are you... Are you I... I moved um, several months ago. So are you living by yourself? I'm living with a roommate. A roommate? Is it a woman? Yeah. Her husband just came back from the military, and now they're getting divorced. So how's that going with that person? Um, He left the house. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. How's it going with the woman, though? Oh, she's just healing. She's healing. Okay. Well, there's some, you know, like it it definitely has to do with, you know, your emotional uh, well-being. And I just feel like there are some transits there that, you know, say that, you know, you you might expect um, the unexpected. You know, like maybe she wants to move out. Maybe something changes with that relationship. Something. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, because it's your moon and the moon is the ruler of your fourth. That's one mm-hmm. thing that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturn is in your seventh house. I don't know if you're dating someone. Um, I am trying to reconcile with someone now. Are they older than you? No. No? No. Yeah. You have a very serious, you know, it's a very serious alignment right now in your seventh house with Saturn in the seventh. So it's a good time to meet a serious, you know, marriage-oriented, commitment-oriented relationship. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's easy, but um, if you're trying to reconcile that, that's a good thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Jupiter's in the second, so hopefully you've been feeling, you know, are you working? Um, Yeah, I just am working part-time now, and I may have a full-time, but I'm waiting to hear about that next week. Yeah, that looks pretty good. I mean, the possibility for that is actually quite good right now because 
Jupiter is in your second, and it's going to be going retrograde in the second, so your chances of making more money in the coming months are actually pretty good. I would say that you have a positive money outlook. Oh, great. And that's it, because I think, I mean, I've I've, I've read for you within the last few months, so it doesn't change that much, you know? Not that you little thing like this on the radio. Mm Mm-hmm. All right? Okay. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, hon. And um, I'm going to just say hello here. Area code 313, you're on the inside connection. Yes, hi. Um, I was wondering if I can get a reading. You can. Have you ever called into this show before? No. No. What's your first name? Sharita. And, um, yeah, let me just, again, look at the software, the astrology software. And, Sharita, where are you calling me from? Michigan. Michigan. What's mm-hmm. your birthday? December 14, 1975. 1975. And do you know your birth time? Um, I think about 8-something, eight, 8 o'clock in the evening. 8 o'clock p.m.? Yeah. And what town? What town? Were you born in? Um, Detroit. Are you still in Detroit? No, I'm not. You live outside of there? Yes. That's great. Um, Great. So let me just bring up your chart and see what we got here. Full-on reading. You ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a Sagittarius, and, you know, hopefully you've got that spiritual side because I think that's really important to you. Hopefully you've got Mm -hmm. some you know, connection to God that you feel comfortable with. Sometimes you don't know quite why, but you say no just because you want to, because in your chart you have Mars in opposition to the sun. So sometimes makes it a little, um, you know, easy for you to say no, like even when, you know, like you know you don't need to, but you just do it anyway because it's a part <laughs> it's a part of the way you you want to communicate with people, but you're really very loyal. You know, you moon and Taurus. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to the fact that you know you've got friends and they're important to you, and you've got people in your life who are uh, very important to you, you really want to mm-hmm. be able to say that you're true blue. And I think that that's mm-hmm. one thing that's very important to you. Your Venus is in Scorpio. And uh, it, you know, makes you sexual and, you know, makes you also very (laughs) intense. And you have definitely in your life, like, taken people down with a few choice words because sometimes you you know how to make them hurt. But you don't necessarily like that about yourself because, again, you're a spiritual person with good values. And you don't really want to just, you know, knock people over. But at the same time, you know how to defend yourself, let's just say. Mm -hmm. And. There's a very strong sense of who you are. You have Jupiter and Aries, Saturn and Leo. You actually have what's called a grand trine in fire. You have all three fire signs in your chart. So when we're talking uh, tonight about elements, you're mm-hmm. pretty strongly fire. You're you you're not you you know you can be a fairly adventurous person who likes to get out there and meet mm-hmm. people and have a strong sense of yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there, you know, you're, uh, you know, you have Mercury and Capricorn, so you're also pretty dependable, reliable. You're concerned with work and career, and you know how you're going to get through life and make it through, you know, okay. And is there a specific thing you want me to look at right now? Um, re- relationship. Relationships. Are you in one? No. No. You waiting for one to come around? Yeah, I guess we can say that. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the way I'm going to say it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're either in one or you're looking out for one or you're not looking out for one. And I think when you've got a chart like yours, you need to be honest, you know, because you need to be honest because 
Sagittarius is a search for higher truth, and you're a Sagittarian. And Scorpio knows how to dig in and find that truth. And you're, you know, your Venus, which is your femininity, and you are a woman. It's very important in your chart. So you got Venus and Scorpio, and you got the Sun and Sag. When you put those two things together, yeah, it makes you pretty intense. And sometimes, like I said, you know exactly how to tell someone the truth and knock them over with it. But at the same time, there's a very positive side of that, which is you're a really good friend to people. You know, you really know how to dig in and understand what's wrong with them. And then you also know how to offer them some kind of uplifting advice because you've got that kind of uh, positive, fiery personality. So those things are really good. Relationships, really important for you to feel like you've got some compatibility sexually because you've got Venus and Scorpio, because you've got Uranus and Scorpio conjunct Venus. So you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're not with someone where you're like, meh, like, meh, that's it, that's what I'm getting from you sexually, because it doesn't really matter what this person looks like, if they're not passionate for you, if they don't want to connect with you in that way, that is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Second, I just see that because that's your Venus, that's where it's a really mm-hmm. important part of a woman's chart. Also, mm-hmm. your moon's north node is in the, is in Scorpio in the fourth house, so you really need to have a home life, Okay, where mm-hmm. somebody in your home, where you're capable of really telling them what you think of them. There's no, you cannot be with somebody if you're afraid of them. You cannot be with somebody if you're, you know, like not able to tell them what's on your mind because that's a big part of who you are. But on the other parts of it, you really want to attract someone who's also somewhat spiritual, or at least mm-hmm. likes to travel. You know, at least mm-hmm. like to get in a car and go for a ride somewhere and go and see something or go and mm-hmm. see a movie. Because Sagittarius needs some, you know, stimulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It needs some stimulation. And then you got your moon in Taurus, so it wouldn't be bad if he had a little dough. Okay. Right? Okay, so yeah. how do you make all that happen? Well, first, you realize what it is that you want to attract, and you realize that this man's going to have to be able to accommodate those things for you. That's first. Then you open yourself up to it, okay? And I'll tell you why. Uranus is the ruler of your house of relationships. You have Uranus and Scorpio. And like I mm-hmm. said at the beginning of the show, Saturn is about to go into Scorpio tomorrow. So within the okay. next few months, by the time it gets to your Uranus, it's going to be close to Thanksgiving. There's the possibility mm-hmm. that somebody a little bit older than you, and if not older, they're going to be very mature and authority. You know, they're going to have they're going to have established themselves. Okay, that person wow. is going to. You already know that person. Well, no. Well, it's funny that you said that because actually, I was dealing with someone that was a lot older than me. Um, and so, but we kind of um, not talking. Right? How come? Right now. Um. Well, I guess you want to say because of me. <laughs> um. But we were kind of starting to kind of drift apart a little bit. Well, say it I again. Say drift apart. I won't say drift apart. We've kind of been like back and forth. You know, he he says I'm very controlling. I'm very bossy, and I don't see that. Oh my God, you don't see that? <laughs> <laughs> he says you're very controlling and you're very bossy, which is mm-hmm. fine. That might be true, but what you're supposed to not say is I don't see that. You're supposed to be able to talk about that with him and say, well, how can we work that out? You know what I mean? When we get together and somebody, like, you know, approaches you, he wants you to be mature, you know? He wants to know that if he's going to be with you and that he thinks you're bossy and controlling, that you actually get to the truth of it with him. But see, that's where that that part comes in where you just said, I speak my mind. So I don't know if he used to, because he's, like, 15 years older than me, so I don't know if he he's used to women that just like okay yes whatever. But me on the other hand, I'm there just you go. like it is. But did you say that to I'm him? Be... Did you say that to him? 
Did no, you say, I'm a woman who speaks my mind. I don't feel like that's bossy, and maybe you can't handle that. Maybe you can't handle that much honesty, or maybe you can't handle somebody that's that straightforward. Well, yeah, see, kind of like I sort of told him, I was like, I don't think I'm bossy. I just think that I told him, I say, I don't think I'm bossy. I just, whatever I feel that needs to be addressed, I'm just going to, you know, tell it like it is. Right. No, and I can and then appreciate I told that, and then but remember, in compatibility, them. you're that fiery person. That's why I said you have a yeah. grand front and fire, and right there... You're telling me that your chart is proven out in your personality, you know, that you have all that fire. You have Leo rising, and you have Jupiter and Aries at the midheaven. You are a straight shooter. You take no prisoners. You're the kind of girl who actually, you know, can work real hard, own her own business, make a name for mm-hmm. herself. It's like you, you're not mm-hmm. afraid to to stand up to people, okay? okay? But in order for you to be with somebody, that person has to be able to be like, yeah, I get it, you're, you know, the big cheese, you know? They can't feel threatened by that and try and okay, say, and oh, well, you're you're bossy. It's really cute because I told a woman many, many years ago, uh, we used to laugh, she would come in, she'd be like, Dr. Craig, what's up with me? And I would be like, well, you know, you've got a huge ego, and mm-hmm. and it was funny because she laughed about it at the time, but she had had similar problem with men, you know. And then I mm-hmm. think at one point she took like a, you know, like an email address of like bossybossy at gmail.com because <laughs> we, we used to joke about that and then she was able to take that on and own it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for people who are listening, for, you know, my listeners tonight, again, much thanks to the people who are in the chat room and who are listening live, and uh, big shout-outs and smiles to, you know, all my friends out there in around the country who like the Inside Connection. Mm-hmm. I think that we we have to be able to own what it is that we know about ourselves. That way we don't run from it. Because, see, when you originally said, he tells me I'm controlling and I'm bossy, and then you said to me, I don't see that, and I say to you, really? You really don't see that about yourself? Now you're going to say to me, well, maybe I do. Yeah, maybe I do. Yeah, maybe I do. (laughs) And that's the thing. That's the thing. That's what's so brilliant about knowing yourself and knowing your chart and being a little bit more honest with people is that when that man hands you that, either Mm -hmm. it's completely untrue, okay? It really just is Mm -hmm. untrue. And so you're able to say, I don't believe that about myself, okay? Or you're able to say, yeah, yeah, come on, I know that about myself, but it's all in fun, and I'm not really trying to bowl you over, and I'm just, you know, like I just tell it like it is. Isn't it something that you can handle? You know, like you're not going to put me down. You're not going to knock my spirit out of me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay, so he's not the right guy, but you're on the right track. Okay. So he's Be- not the right one. I don't know about that. Not unless he's listening and he comes back on back to you tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see how much his ears are burning tonight. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Because like I said, <laughs> I see someone else even this fall. The mm-hmm. strong relationship with a serious under- overtone to it. Somebody that really maybe can meet you there. Because with Saturn and Scorpio, conjuncture Uranus and Scorpio, could be kind of a Scorpio kind of person, someone who really is capable of, of you know, having the intimacy with you that you need. I just want you to know your chart is filled with honesty. And if you're not okay. honest with them, when they tell you that you're this or you're that, because you're stubborn too. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody says to you, gosh, woman, you're stubborn. You know, I would be like my grandfather would have talked like that. And you got to be able to say, I know. What do you want? Convince me otherwise. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to play that game with someone. You have to be able to be in your own personal truth with them. All right? Okay. Really nice to talk to you tonight. Okay. Thank you. You have a good night, hon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. 
So compatibility, you know, is based on being able to know when someone can give us what we need. If this person can't give us what we need, then, of course, they're not the right person for us. And so we work on that and we look for not what I would call red flags particularly. Red flags are, you know, you know, really grandiose things where somebody is either like a huge liar or they're a drug addict or something like that. That's a big red flag, right? But red flags, uh, other little flags in the relationship, we might call them yellow flags, right? They're cautions, is levels of you find out that somebody talks a lot. And then you've got to decide, wow, can I really listen to this person talk all the time? You know, you have to figure out if they've got a lot of air in their chart like that, if they've got a lot of that air element, so they're a big talker, they like to socialize, can you make space for that? Can you give them the freedom to communicate and talk that much? And so it's not just like this last caller where the guy says, oh, you're awfully bossy. Yeah, okay, can you make space for that? Can you either help me with it? Can we figure out how to work them out? No relationship ever moves forward unless we figure out a way to communicate and work out our differences. So I've got uh, my buddy Mary Lou on the line. You're on the Inside Connection. Hi. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm great. How's New Orleans? It's fine. What do you want to chat with me about tonight, Mary Lou? I don't know. Oh, my I, gosh. So you're just hanging out and listening? I'm, yeah, I'm speechless. Say it again? I'm speechless. You're speechless? Speech with speechless. how amazing tonight's show is? Yes. <laughs> I have a uh, a friend, a shout out to Pat, uh, well, you know, if she's listening right now, um, you know, I'm really pleased and, and excited to have you as listening tonight. And, um, you know, didn't get didn't get any negative feedback from her at all, but I realized that sometimes for people who don't know so much about astrology, as my shows have gone on for months and months and months, I've taken them down a really very specific astrological road, you know, like and some of my shows are so technical and she didn't mention that to me. She actually is pretty fluent in astrology, but just hearing her tell me I listened to the show made me reflect on, oh God, my shows are really technical. So let me bring it more back to the basics and I think I'm going to try and do that, Mary Lou. Do some shows that are a little bit more either about intimacy, compatibility, positivity, you know, maybe just some themes that people are going through and explore some of those things. Um, my big question is, is Saturn off of Libra yet? Tomorrow at 1 o'clock Pacific. Oh, my God, that will be great. Yeah. You're a Libra. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. So as you're, as as, you know, for the people who are listening, when... Saturn is in your sign, it has a tendency to make things a little more difficult. It has a tendency to bring focus to that area. So for the Libras, a lot of Libras broke up relationships because, you know, it's about relationships. And Saturn causes us to get rid of things in our life that are no longer serving us anymore. So when Saturn is in our sign, it can, um, you know, make us remove relationships if it's Libra. But I'm a Scorpio, thank you, Mary Lou, and so Saturn's going into my sign tomorrow for two years. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Been there, done that. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, I did it 30 years ago because it goes around every 30. So I've already been through it once. I know. I, I have some idea of what to expect. Yeah, well, you're in a solid relationship, so it shouldn't be an issue, right? I hope so. But Scorpio is not about that anyway. It's not the Libra aspect, you know. It's not the it's not the Libra aspect of it. It's more about dealing with the intimacies of, you know, um family, business or possibly even death because Scorpio rules death. It's reexamining sexuality because Scorpio rules sex. So for those Scorpios out there, or if you know your chart real well and you've got some Scorpio prominently placed in your chart, like the caller that I just dealt with had Venus in Scorpio, then she's going to have to review and consider her sexual needs and what it is because Saturn will bring a focus to those needs. 
Saturn will bring a focus to the scorpionic things. And globally, in the Global Energy Minute at the beginning of the show, it's going to bring that to all of us but it's going to specifically impact the people who have, you know, aspects to Scorpio or who are Scorpios the most. Those are the people who are going to be most affected by Saturn and Scorpio. When is your birthday? Uh, my birthday is the 15th of November. Okay. <laughs> my birthday is the 15th of November. I'm a Scorpio with Scorpio rising, but don't normally talk about my own chart on the show. <laughs> But we, read, we read a lot of people's charts on the show, you know, but not not get into specifically sure. mine. But Scorpio is an intuitive energy, and Scorpio also rules astrology. So you see, Saturn and Scorpio could cause astrology even to come more to the forefront because there'll be a focus on uh, mysticism, or what's called like occult sciences, occult, O-C-C-U-L-T. It means like the hidden mysteries. Things like Kabbalah, that's, you know, occult philosophy of Judaism, or Native American mysticism, or um, the astrology, the tarot, those are all occult arts, they're all mysteries because the energy is secretive or it's unknown, and when, you're, when you do something esoteric, it means getting getting information from a source that doesn't readily seem like that should be like telling you the information that it should. Like looking at the positions of the planets when someone was born. It doesn't seem like that should tell us anything, and yet it does. You know, there's the, because it be, it, that's why it's called esoteric knowledge. It's hidden from the eyes of the untrained observer. And I think when you look even at like Native American mysticism, you'll see that they believed in omens and um, signs, and that's the same kind of thing, being able to read nature, that nature is actually in a communication with man. And uh, Native American mysticism, esoteric beliefs or occult philosophy, it's all the same. I'm using all of those words as intertwining. Um, would have said, you know, well, if the chief was out and three eagles flew over, then he knew that that meant something as opposed to if he saw a coyote or, you know, and he would be able to interpret that as a message coming back to him from nature. And sure enough, they were. Um, there were many Native Americans who, who foresaw that there was going to be an invading a uh, group of people coming from Europe long before it actually happened. So they were able to see, because they were able to see it in the omens that they saw in nature. And to me, that's always very interesting, but that's also ruled by Scorpio. So with Saturn going into Scorpio, I think we can see even a little bit more of that. I know I'm more talked about the uh, emotional relationship part of that at the beginning of the show because the show was going to be about compatibility but there are many other layers of Saturn and Scorpio and what it's actually going to mean for us some of the greatest collapses of the stock market have happened with Saturn and Scorpio can I and ask a, a question for you yeah um, my my daughter was born on uh, November 19th and so was her uncle and so was her grandmother well um, is, there is that any... one of your brothers? No, my ex-husband's family. Brother? His brother and his mother. His mother had her son on her birthday, and then her granddaughter was born on her birthday, and her daughter had her son on her birthday. Yeah, that's really cosmic, huh? I Yeah, I thought it was really weird because I told my daughter not to be born on that day. <laughs> she didn't listen, obviously. Well, I mean, it's sort of a cosmic coincidence, you know. I mean, I don't know how or why those things happen, except that it's a real clear example of how we have to have repetitive lessons, okay. that, like, your ex had to have a lesson. Is it? Is it it's his daughter? His, my ex's daughter. Right, 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 right. So maybe you're the uncle is is capable of learning the lesson a little more easily with his niece than he was able to do with his own mother. That's how I see that. Like since we're all trying to learn lessons from each other and one at one level or another, 
if someone comes and they have the same birthday and maybe even a similar pattern to go along with it, to me it's an indication that we're trying to learn something about that energy. Remember, to me, charts are all about an expression of energy. So you were born at a specific time in Libra in a specific year, and you're a representation of that energy pattern. Well, there are other people who might have a similar energy pattern. I know for sure that I have met and had to deal with people in my life who, in hindsight, it has been about working out an issue that I didn't work out with my mother or with a lover that I had when I was younger, but we just broke up and didn't deal with it, and then it repeats itself. That's why people always talk about patterns, that they have patterns, and they'll say, you know, oh, well, you know, I see this pattern now. I've been doing it for several years. It's because we're really trying to learn a specific lesson, and we're really trying to get it right so that we can move on to the next lesson. And that's pretty much the answer to that question. Well, it really scared me because uh, the mother-in-law was a little weird, and and the brother-in-law was less weird. And I I begged my daughter when I was pregnant, just don't come on that day. Just and don't. she did. Yeah. Uh-oh. They come in disobeying you. What's up with that? Oh, my God. How's she doing? Well, you had a Scorpio daughter. Yeah, she's a little headstrong. Yeah, a little intense. Yeah. Yeah. And dramatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good to talk to you. I'm going to close up my show. Absolutely. All right, hon. Bye. Bye-bye. Good night. Thanks, Mary Lou, for calling in and chatting with me for a minute. That's awfully awesome to have you on the show again. Um, Compatibility is not something that we just say, oh, I'm a Capricorn, therefore I'm no good with Libras and Aries, because it's not necessarily true. I can tell you a bunch of examples of Leo and Scorpio or normally wouldn't be compatible where they get along brilliantly. And so there's no cut and dry and easy answer to that number one question, who is good for me, who is the right thing, who's the right sign for me. The answer, I think, is to try and simplify it first down to your elemental style. Are you more fiery, airy, watery, or earthy? And then recognize what you need and can that love or give it to you or not. This is Sarah McLaughlin with Bring on the Wonder. I'm Dr. Craig Martin, and I'll talk to you next Thursday night. Thanks for being on the Inside Connection.